Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Black Create Connect podcast, where we speak to some of the most incredible, impactful black entrepreneurs and professionals. And today I have Mark McIver. Have I said it correctly? You said it correctly. Perfect. <laughs> Who is the CEO founder of Slider Cuts, which is incredible we're gonna get on to that journey in a second mm-hmm. but first of all big up yourself welcome <laughs> thank you for having me on the show no worries no worries so um i know i know when we first came in you said that you you, you rode in like yes. li- like literally yes. do you are, are you much of a fitness person do you work out every day or you just um i work out about three four times a week yeah but i ride my bike basically every day yeah like, to work and back or to church and back or to Okay. Whatever. Yeah, um, I was puzzled when I saw you with the bike. I was like, "He's fit, <laughs> like <laughs> to, to, to be riding in London, like that's crazy." <laughs> but um, anyway, for those that don't know, uh, Mark, you're a speaker, you're an mm. author. As I mentioned, the CEO of Slider Carts. You've been featured in GQ magazine, and you've um, been featured in Facebook campaigns, night campaigns. Yeah. You've got three awards as well. Like you just have so much accolades. I mean, I'm, I really, really want to get get onto a bit more about you and how you've managed to achieve what you have. Yep. So just to kind of get started, um, I want to start with your background, your journey as okay. to like kind of how you got to where you are today. When you were kind of growing up, what were your kind of aspirations? What were you really good at? This is before Slider Cuts. Like, what was the journey? When I was younger, what was I good at? Um, well, I wanted to be, from about the age of seven, I wanted to be an actor. Oh, okay. And so I got into acting probably around 10 years old is when I went to Sylvia Young. This is an acting school called Sylvia mm. Young. And my mom took me there. Mm. Then I had a spell there. Then I can't mm. remember why we stopped. Maybe we couldn't keep up with the payments. Mm. So then a few years later, when I was about 13, 14, I started going back to Sylvia Young again for another spell. Mm. <clears throat> so from that period, I wanted to be like an entertainer of some sort. So I wanted to act. And then, you know, there was the whole era, because I'm 37, of like MC and then DJing. So you went every, to that as well. <laughs> yeah, everybody was like, you know, you're either an MC or you're a DJ. Yeah. Basically. And I was an MC, so I got into into that one was about 14 years old. Okay. Um, then a few years later, I got into dancing. Well, actually, around that same time, actually, I got into dancing, wanted to dance. So I just realised that I just wanted to do something within entertainment. That yeah. was just the thing I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so those were kind of like my aspirations as a child. As I got a little bit older, I remember like working with the youth centre I was attending when I got to like 16, 17 years old. Yeah. We started doing like events with the youth club and helping out the younger kids who were like 13 and you know doing the kind of unofficial basic youth work mm. I remember really being interested in helping younger people so I remember I also wanted to do something that would a job that would always help young people mm. and then I wanted to be a counsellor as well you know or a therapist you know of some sort so all of these different aspirations I'm opening my, my, my eyes because <laughs> it's like you change from starting off as what it's been at so then it went to you what it's be a therapist yeah what were these inspirations along the way? Why did you want to do entertainment? Why did you want to go into be to, um, like a counsellor? What was the reasons for? Um, well, I guess first of all, acting, to be honest, the reason why acting started was because we heard that Arnold Schwarzenegger got paid like 40 million for something. That's what it was. I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was seven years old and I can't remember we were watching something. It's like, he got paid 40 million. What to act? I was like, I want to be an actor. So that's how it all started. Really? Yeah. So, so it was the money. It was the it's money. But the money was <laughs> eyes. You were, you know, <laughs> you I, was like, like, I, I want to be an actor. 
But I remember even around those times there, even though that wasn't the driving point, I remember I also wanted to sing. I didn't want to be a singer. But I remember, <laughs> but I remember like doing like little competitions, which yeah. unofficial competitions. Like for some reason, me and my brother used to battle in front of family members and he'd let people would vote who was the best like, singing. <laughs> like X Factor at home. Basically, we yeah. Used to do that <laughs> with, but with, our ne- with, with our next door neighbours, we used to do it. So we used to live in Kingsbury at this time. Okay. And with our next door neighbours, they weren't, we met them when we moved there. Mm. But I remember they were like a Ghanaian family. And so they became as Africans do. I was like, oh, that's our cousin now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we were always yeah. around at their house. They were always around at our house. Uh, like, you know, the guy who lived next door, his name was um, Shegun. Okay. Um, I never spoke to him since then. I'm like, it's like 10 years ago, yeah. you know, because we moved. Um, we, you'd always stay at our house. We'd stay at his house. It was just kind of like, we, we, we were just allowed yeah. to. So, and they had older brothers as well. I remember yeah. he had older, like a few older brothers and a sister. So we just, it was, it was like a big family. So remember, we'd just be like in their living room or our living room. We'd just be like, we're singing and then like, who, who won? Who won? You do know? you give us a sample now? What did you, what did you used to do? Like what, what, what type of vibe was he? Was you like an Usher vibe? Was you like a Michael it's Jackson? This is before Usher. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'll, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is 30 years ago. <laughs> this was, this was, what, what was I singing back then? It would be like Michael Jackson. Then I remember, I can't remember it was me or my brother yeah. doing, um, it might be me, the MC Hammer song, but he wasn't, he, he wasn't even singing. That was, um, I remember, yeah, but he, not, not, you can't touch this. It was, um, that's why we pray. He had this song called, That's Why We Pray. Hey, that's why we pray. I don't hey, know that song. Maybe my mum knows got that to song. Pray just that's to make, make it today. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, the song that I know. Yeah, so I remember like doing <laughs> that song. I can't remember me or my brother done that song. Yeah. And so yeah, just all of that kind of stuff there. So even though what drew me or the trigger point was kind of like, oh, he got paid 40 million or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I want to yeah. get paid that type of money. Yeah. I realised I was kind of into entertainment. Anyway you know, at that stage. Yeah. And at the same time, I was into hair, but I didn't know it either. How? Because at that age there, I used to always look at people's haircuts. Okay. But I used to, and we used to get haircuts at home from like my mum, just cutting oh. my hair all off. And my next door neighbour, Shegan, again, his dad used to be a barber, I think, or I don't know if he, or something like that. So I remember one time we got a haircut from him and I can't remember what it looked like, but I remember it just being neat. Like it was just neat. I remember touching my hair and it was just neat and mm. looking at it and it was just, it was just a neat haircut. Mm. And I used to always want to get proper haircuts and mm. Shegan and my older brothers used to go to, I remember going, them going to the barbershop one time and this was a real defining moment in my life because mm. they both, it was my older brother, Philip Thomas and Shegan and they went to the barbershop and they came back and they were just talking and with so, so much excitement. I was like seven, Shegan was one year older than me. Mm. So it was like eight, my older brothers were like, 13 or something like that, 12, mm. 13. And they were just talking about the haircuts they were going to go get. And when they came back, they, they had the haircuts and they were just talking about the haircut they just got. And I remember just being what, on the what outside. What were they talking about? Just like the experience of getting the haircut or yeah, just how a, nice they look? Just It's the whole experience. Like people don't realise yeah. it's a real thing. Like, you know, going to the barbershop for young um, boys, especially. Um, what well, maybe uh, young black boys, especially. I don't yeah. know. It might be in other cultures as well. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. But I just know, especially for young black boys, it's a real event, mm. you know, going to um, get a haircut. So they were just talking by it. And I just remember being there like, oh, one day I want to get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. So how, how old is you at the stage? 13, 14, you said? No, my older brothers were like 13, 12, 13. I was like seven, eight. Ah. I was like maybe seven, eight years old, maybe. And your mum was just cutting your hair? Yeah, just take it all off. Skin. She used to skinhead you at seven years old. From when I was born till I was about, I was getting skinheads until I was about 11. 
Until I, until I went to secondary school, I was getting skinny. So lucky you still have a hairline. <laughs> so lucky. Like, like, it's just a strong hairline. You're so lucky. Why did she do that? Did you, did you ask her why she did that? It's just, it's, she didn't know how to cut hair. It was just early stuff. So just take it low, then let it grow back, then just take it all low and just <laughs> let it grow back. So yeah, so that's what I was... So all of these things were happening at the same time where I used to watch people's haircuts. Yeah. I used to watch um, on TV. Mm. I remember there's this show called Hang Time, this old show called Hang Time. Mm. And I can't remember who the character was, but this mm. guy in it, he used to have this haircut. It was like... I guess now I could describe it as like a number three on top mm. with a skin fade. And I remember I used to look at him and say, oh, one day I want to get that haircut. I think that's the haircut which <laughs> I want. So I used yeah. to be really into like watching people's hair and even like the people in my school, you know, um, and the era we were in, because yeah. this was the 90s. So it was kind of like everyone on TV, British TV anyway, was kind of like, you know, was white with curtains. So I remember, right. you know, remember they got the people back then like, you know, take that and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, David Beckham maybe, um, mm. Lee, I remember Lee Sharp from um, Manchester United. You don't know probably these names, right? No. You know, <laughs> but on TV, basically, I just remember everyone had curtains. And then when I was in school, everybody had curtains, right? Because all the kids just had curtains. So I went to a school, which was like... Wait, for those who don't know, me, yeah. what's curtains? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, I know what curtains are. What are they? So basically, um, curtains are, you know, so it's a European, like white hairstyle, basically. You've got straight hair. And it's split in the middle, oh, and the hair just combed. Oh, okay. You know, they right. comb out to the side. Curtains. Yeah, so. Not middle part, no? No, 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 no. So everyone okay. in my school had it. So I remember all the boys were just always kind of like flicking their hair, flicking their hair, and had curtains. And I remember being like, oh, I wish I could have curtains. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to eat curtains? Because it's, it's just everyone yeah, had yeah, it. And yeah, everybody yeah. at that time who was cool, yeah, had you know, it. had it. You know, it's kind of like they all had curtains. Everyone on TV had curtains. Everyone from, you know, Take That. You know, Take That, the group? Yeah. You know, everyone Take That, they, they had curtains. Yeah. You know, everybody, boys on, whoever it was, was on TV, mm. had curtains. And that's why even, like, when I then started watching other programs, you know, like Hang Time, then it's kind of like, okay, here's some people with hair like mine. You know, yeah. right. That's the hairstyle yeah. which I want. Yeah, you know, but yeah, before yeah. that, it's kind of like, you know, all I'm seeing is Take That. Boyzone, not boys. I don't. I can't remember that. Boyzone, just these different people. Everyone That's in my school. So it's, like, so it's like, oh, so. Did you go to a predominantly white school? Yeah, yeah. My primary school, yeah. like all white. In my, I went to about four or five different primary schools because we moved around a lot. But that particular one, especially, I think it was. In my class, there was another um, black boy and a mixed race girl, and that was it. And there was a like a Filipino boy. You know who had I think had curtains as well. <laughs> you know so and that and that was kind of like uh, ethnic minority which was in that class. Wow. So that's what you so you had to wait and to watch something on TV to basically look at an example of what you ideally want for your hair to be. Kind of yeah just yes yeah to Based. some degree yeah but just yeah to some degree yes yeah. so yes yeah, so I had basically I had all those okay. all those interests growing up so you know I when I look back I realized I had an interest in hair because yeah, how much yeah. I focused on it and how much I was watching yeah. it you yeah. know I had an interest in entertainment yeah and you know counseling that came as I got older mm-hmm. and that was because um as I became older and I was you know I was a good listener I used to talk to a lot of people and just a lot of people for some reason I don't know why just but growing to up told me a lot of things that had happened in their lives and bad things. I remember being a kid. I remember being like, this not, not taking it down this road, but I just remember being about 13 years old. Yeah. And this girl told me, she was, she was a little bit older than me, a couple years older than me. And she told me that her dad um, molested her. And I didn't even know even what that was at that time. You know, um, and I don't know what it was that, why she told me that. Yeah. She might've told everyone that. 
she might have gone around and that might have been something maybe she told loads of people yeah, yeah. about. I don't know, but for some reason she told me. Then as I was getting older and things were going on, I I had people telling me things about them, you know, just like, it felt like people seemed to be comfortable with telling me yeah. um, things. And um, How does it make you feel though? When she said that to me? Not, well, like, not even just that, but in general, the fact that people come to you and they, they seem to confide in you about serious things quite a lot. How does that make you feel? A responsibility. Um, like, you know, what can I do about it? Mm-mm. You know, how can you help? Mm. You know, and just, I guess just when you hear these things there, it's, it's good to hear because the world isn't what it seems on the surface. Mm. And there's a lot more things which are going on in people's lives. And it made me, I guess, more, a lot more understanding of even the situations that never came to light. Mm. You know, so even like, if anyone speaks to me now, if you spoke to anyone around me, you know, they always tell you, I'm always, even... So if you have an argument with someone yeah. and I haven't heard your side, I might be telling the other person, well, you know, there's a potential, maybe there's something going on with her. Or, you know, have you found yeah. out why she, she was right. doing that? Or, you know, and it's just because of all these different things I've heard in life, you just realise that nothing is what it seems on the hundred, surface. hundred, hundred. You know, and it might not be anything deep. Yeah. You might just be wrong, right? But yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like most, I realise most, let's say you could say disagreements or most things that happen even misunderstandings or yeah. something deeper yeah, and yeah, sometimes yeah. it's just the person just a horrible person potentially but that's you know, not always it, yeah, the situation yeah, so that's, yeah so that's what it was so I guess yeah. it made me just realise there's just so much more yeah. that's going on with people yeah. and um, yeah so it just made me want to put myself in a position where I could potentially see if I could help people and I think that opened up my eyes to you know even why mm. I wanted to go into counselling or being a, a therapist just because I was talking to just different people about different things that were going on in their lives you know mm. just and not always like as deep as that mm. you know because even when that girl told me that when I was younger I didn't actually I was like oh like oh I, I didn't I, I didn't know what to say yeah. she was old, once she was older than me and I just I just didn't know I didn't know what to respond anyway mm. Mm. so um as I got older I always kind of felt like I wanted to kind of like do that and you know just more and mm. more people confided in me and trusted me and talked to me about things mm. I want to go to that so this is why all these different career paths were happening kind of yeah were at play to for me to want to do right okay so in the midst of all of this I feel like you were the star of the show it sounds like like from a home perspective a little bit no. from a, no you <laughs> no, wasn't no. It's, it's, it sounds like you like you've always just a, a good child you know you've kind of just dibbled and dabbled in a little bit of things yeah. as well and you've been a, a you know a good yeah. person for people to, people to want to confide yeah. in yeah who did you who was like a standout inspiration in your life when you was growing up that you thought to yourself not Arnold, sort of, by the way, <laughs> yeah. like someone that really inspired you with their character and their values and their ways of just being. Um, who stood out to me? I can't think of anyone. I think I've taken things from different people. I always say to people, when right, you say, okay. you know, um, who's your inspiration? And right. it's like, I'm inspired by a, a bunch of different people, but okay. I'm also... I can be inspired by you. You might be deemed to be a horrible person and you might have done horrible things, but that doesn't mean I'm not inspired by some of the good things you've done. And that's why I, I realise I've just taken a lot of things from different people. Yeah. You know, so um, I've had dis- different inspirations and different realms of, you know, as I've um, grown up, you know, so I can just say as example, so when I wanted to, when I got into dancing, mm. the people that inspired me in dancing was Usher, Mm. was um, Marlon. Marlon is, I don't know if you know, a group called Flawless. Uh, Flawless is like, oh. 
Isn't that old? Like that's be ages ago. But yeah, but I went to school with Marlon. Oh, okay. So, okay. so Marlon was the year above me. Okay. You know, so and he like he started flawless. You know, flawless was a yeah, 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 talent, right? Yeah. So when we went to school, he was always dancing. Right. Like he used to play basketball in the basketball courts, and I used to always watch him. It's like this guy's sliding around, and he's you know, and he's and he's dancing, and he's <laughs> shooting hoops, and he's like, I'm looking at him saying. I want to slide at that. And even in school, we used to do talent contests and he would do the talent contest, yeah. you know, and him and his friend at the time, Ashley, you know, would be doing, I remember, they, I remember them performing um, Usher, You Make Me Wanna and dancing and doing all the routine and stuff like that. So yeah. I remember watching him and being like, yo, that's inspiring because I want to, I want to dance. And there's this yeah. other guy called David, he was an old school locker and popper mm. and he was teaching me how to lock and pop when I was about, you know, 14, 15 um, and he's old, he's from like the old school, like you know, locking and popping all that <laughs> stuff there, right? So that's like okay, that so they inspire me in those different areas there. Yeah, yeah. And then it would be like you know, um, I get into barbering, who inspired me when I was you know starting when I started off barbering before YouTube, before social media, you know, um, who inspired me? The barbers in my shop, you know, a guy called Damon, a guy called Frankie. They were both very good barbers in front of me. They inspired me, you know, in cutting hair, you know. But then it might be okay, well, business wise. Then I'm looking at someone else, you know, oh, I see that you run good business, right. that you inspire me right, in business. Right, right. So I haven't had a thing where it's just been like, you know, um, you know, just one person inspired yeah. me wholly. Then it might be character. I remember even like a guy called um, Carl. Like this is, just, this is just a guy who I just know, such a calm spirit, yeah. you know, so humble. Yeah. Right. And I remember it just being like, he inspires me because his character is so calm, so humble, yeah. you know, it's just like, so different people along the way, you know, have inspired me. My mom unofficially inspired me, even though I never thought officially she inspired me. It's only as I got older, I realized some of the things I took from her, which is like her work ethic. Like she was working two, three jobs, you know, always working, you know, she was always hustling with something. My mom used to make plantain chips and mm. chin chin. You know, she had the boys doing it. Like she used to make the chin chin, the plantain chips. And then we, as a young age, I was probably like, let's say, I don't know, 11, 12, mm. 11, 12, we'd be in the kitchen and literally she'd make the chip, the plantain chips, she'd make the chin chin. You know what chin chin is? Of course. I know how Jamaican, but <laughs> I love me some chin chin. <laughs> yeah, she'd yeah. make it and then she'd put it in a big bowl and we'd take it and we, you know, me and my three brothers would be like, okay, cool. Put it into the bag. Okay. No, no. Put the stick onto the bag. Stick onto the bag. Weigh, weigh the chin chin. Okay. No, this, how many grams? Okay. No, enough grams. Okay. Yep. There's enough grams. Put it into the bag. Then we had the sealer machine. Seal it. Then, you know, put it into another bag. Then we'd go deliver it to the shops. When we finished doing the whole pile, we'd go deliver it to the shop where she was selling them. Wow. you know um, or to the shop she was selling them too so we were involved in that whole process and yeah. then it's like you know she's working here she's been a carer she's been a dish she's been that she's doing all you know I'm doing yeah. she's selling Avon she's yeah, just yeah, always yeah. doing something, something yeah. right so I realised you know subconsciously I took on that work ethic and also it was good she had us in the kitchen like you yeah. know doing business before we realised what even business was mm. and then even that you know this is not good this is not something to promote to anyone and this is not something which I'm kind of like oh this is great but I used to kind of like take from her supply you know, um, her chin chin supply. <laughs> I know, it's not, it's not good. Still. But, still, yeah. Because we had no money. Because the thing is, well, what I was, I was, we were poor. You know, when we, from the age of like five onwards, we were poor. Because my mum used to own, also my mum used to own a shop when we were kids. A news agent when we were kids. So how come you were poor if she had all these businesses and things going on? What was the... We weren't poor up until the age of five when she lost the shop. Because even like, you know, maybe five, six years old, something like that. For maybe five, about five years old. She had a shop. Everything was fine. We were, we were, we were doing, I guess, great. We are doing okay, you know. Um, I remember even like I used to get taken to school. I used to go to a school at that time in Dollars Hill Lane. Mm. And I was about, me and my brother, when we were about four or five years old. Mm. I remember we used to get a cab to school and a cab back every day from school. 
That is rich life. But do you know what it was? That is rich life. <laughs> Camp back and forth. Yeah, but do you know what I, why it was though? Yeah. Because it makes logical sense now. Because my mum used to take us to school. Yeah. Then I guess to bring us back. But my mum was always late to pick us up. Right. Like okay. I'd be outside school until like five, six o'clock. I remember one time being outside school and the school was closed and the teacher was waiting for me at the gate, which is with me at the gates, just like, where's, where's your was your mother and this is before mm. mobile phones mm. and my mum was working in a shop so mm. you can't even get through to my mum like mm. in this day and age you know, they'll call social services for those type of yeah. things they, they say if you're over 15 minutes late now like in my son's nursery they're like they're calling social services mm. <laughs> you, you know I think it's 15 to like, 15 minutes is crazy I like think, give I, us if, if, you don't, if you don't contact them yeah. and it's gone 15 15 minutes to, 15 to 30 minutes they'll contact social services but back then you know it wasn't that so because my mum was working in a shop, I know what I when I look back, I get what was happening now. Yeah. Another customer walked in, then another customer, yeah, then another yeah, customer. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, I'll get yeah, there, I'll get yeah. there. Another customer, you, you another see customer. it now, maybe it makes yeah. sense. And our school wasn't close to where we we're living, so the school might have been like I don't know, let's say two, three miles. So in a car, it might have taken like fifteen minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think what happened was my mum realized actually it made more sense to put us in a cab because all the money you're losing in the shop because she was. She owned it. She worked there full time. So, when you're, sense, so yeah. when you're closing for an hour to go pick up your children yeah. in the morning and evening, it's like the cab fare at that time was like three pounds something. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, <laughs> not anything significant. So I think she realized, oh, she's losing money. I might as well get them to get in a cab. And what's funny, I remember our cab driver, we, we used to have the same cab driver. Yeah. So then there's a deal, like this cab driver was the same person that took us to school and brought us ah, back. You know, so, okay. It's the same, it's the same guy. Say, yeah, yeah, his name was Michael Jackson, funny enough. No, it wasn't. <laughs> His name was Michael Jackson. You are joking. That was his name. It wasn't He wasn't the Michael Jackson, but his name was Michael Jackson. You know, if Michael Jackson still if he's still out there, you ever see this, you used to take me and my brother to school in Dollars Hill Lane from Neesden to Dollars Hill Lane to a school called yeah. Our Ladies of Grace. Okay. Right? Um so all of these things there my mum was doing, you know, I've, I've, I've seen, you know, so I realised subconsciously I'm taking all these things, taking mm. all these things in, yeah. you know. The reason why her shop shut, it was because her supply house, long and short of it, got robbed of all her stock, you know, the drinks, the food, the this and that. And I don't think she had insurance. Oh no. And because my mum's from Nigeria and she moves from Nigeria here, there's a lot of things in this country she didn't know. Like in Nigeria, you don't have insurance, yeah, especially back then you don't have insurance. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming the same thing in Jamaica. Yeah, but then you don't yeah, have yeah. like insurance for what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. not really a thing. You know, it seems like you're wasting money or something. Yeah, it's insurance. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't have it back then, you know, insurance. Yeah. So when our thing got robbed, you know, this is a self-funded shop she has, you know, so no investors, she's doing this by herself. So long short, when it got robbed and they took everything, everything's oh gone. She couldn't afford to keep the shop going. And I guess maybe, I don't know, she didn't have help you know her and my dad had broken up by then and my dad had gone back to nigeria yeah um so just like you know she's losing everything you can't keep up with payments you can't keep up with bills and i remember the moment when it just everything randomly just changed and i remember literally being in neesden in our flat above because we had the flat above the shop so i guess, I guess she was renting the whole thing yeah. i remember being there and it came i don't know what happened but suddenly we had two loaves of bread and that's all we had and it was me, my four, my three brothers and my mum. And that's all we had. And uh, my mum was kind of like, okay, you guys, you know, cut the bread in half and then, you know, take a quarter each. Then my older brothers said, no, let me and my younger brother, Peter, um, let them just have the, like one slice each instead. But I don't know what happened. Obviously, they're not telling us what's happened. I don't really know. We're not we're five years old. We're not being told. But just remember, suddenly we have nothing. 
you know, and then, you know, we lost the house and lost the shop and then we were homeless, you know, so, um, my How mom, long were you homeless for? Um, well, not long in a sense of we got given temporary accommodation. We got into a homeless shelter. So you the, could say we're still- family. Yeah, so we got into a homeless shelter. So we were technically still homeless, but we had covering because we were in the homeless shelter. You know, so um, my mom said she went to, I can't remember why, I went to Camden Authorities, homeless something anyway, as to why we went, ended up going from Neesden and ended up living in Camden. Because she went, someone, I guess someone had told her that they were good with this type of stuff there. Yeah. So, you know, she had three, she had four boys, homeless on the street. They give us some, take us in, you know, I guess homeless shelter, this yeah. and that. And then they find us temporary accommodation. Especially back then, you know, they were a lot more, I can't say they were a lot more, but back then anyway, they were really a family, woman, mm. four mm. children, you know, mm. all under the age of like 12, you know, four year old, five year old, this and that. Mm. They really pushed, you know, so, I, you know, they were really good to us, mm. you know, in front of temporary accommodation. That's why we end up moving around so much because they just kept on moving us from place to place. That's why I was like, oh, I was in a school for a few months. Then it's kind of like, mm. I'm gone. I'm out, you know, then it's like, okay. And, and the funny thing is, at this time, we hadn't been told anything. So I didn't know what so was going on. She's been in schools a lot as well. Yeah, because we were moving areas because they were, the authorities were moving us from place to place. So, you know, we went from Neesden to, you know, wherever the homeless shelter, then we were in Kilburn. Then a few months later, we were another place in Kilburn. Mm. And then we were in Kingsbury. We were, you know, then we're in Camden, you know. And it, just, it was just like, we're just moving around. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that, you know, I made friends and then suddenly we're gone. It's like, oh yeah, we're moving. Or we, or we never even got told. <laughs> How did that, I guess, develop and affect your character, do you think, over time? Because that's a lot for you to be going through at a young age. Yeah. So what did that kind of do for you? Um, I think what it made in my character was the feeling of always being an outcast. So I always felt like I was an outcast. I never felt like I ever... Um, fit in and I think that's because the beginning of my life I never was in a position where I got comfortable to ever be able to fit in or just stay and you know have a group of people that were just your friends as well as other things but so it just comes to because I was constantly moving around and you know I get to Camden and then we stay in Camden until I moved out when I was 26 I was there from like 10 years old till I moved out at 26 okay. but even then you know, you go to school in Camden and suddenly, I mean, year five, the people have already got their friendship group. So I'm coming into a school trying to fit in, but mm, you know, mm. they've already got their groups. And then I go to secondary school and then some of these people that had their good groups from primary they, school, they, they yeah. stay together. And it's kind of like, I'm, you know, I'm starting again, oh. you know, and, but then secondary school became stable because I was in yeah. one secondary school the whole time. Yeah, that's good. You know, but, I think because of my start, I never just had that feeling of just like a placement mm. of anywhere, which has been a great benefit to my life though, because it meant that I moved around a lot. So even when I became stable in, in Camden, I used to just do a lot of stuff by myself. Like I used to, I used to- used You to, became used to, independent. Yeah. yeah, and I used to have loads of different like groups of people I hung around with. So I had my right. friends from Camden, I had my friends from my, where, my street where I lived. I'd go to different places like Kilburn and you know, go to a youth club in Kilburn by myself. You know, just because I heard there's a good youth club there or there's a youth club in Archway. I'd go there by myself because I heard there's a good youth club. So mm. along the years, which helped me when I became a barber as well, is I had met so much people 
in my life, even like the school I went to from secondary school, the college, sorry, I went to, everybody was going to City and Islington College, which was in um, Holloway. Mm. All my friends were going there. Everyone's like, yeah, that's the school to go to. I ended up going to a school that nobody went to, which was Westminster Kingsway in Warren Street. Okay. You know, so I ended up meeting so much different people. So even like now, when people say to me, why do you know so much people? It's because I moved around a lot. <laughs> you know, it's just, that's what it was. You know, I went yeah. to that, oh, how do you know that person? Oh, I used to go to a youth club in Kilburn. But then people were like, but hold on, didn't you go to a youth club in Kentish Town? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, I used to go to there as well. But then you go to a youth club in no, Archery. I guarantee you, there's some people that met you and thought he's lying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he never lived there. No, because I would think, I'd be like, how did you die? that? Like, you're just chatting rubbish. I just moved around but, a lot. But, but now you've explained the story and yeah. the experience you've gone through. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And um, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm actually interested to know then about when you started to see a change and when you started to, um, I guess, start Slider Cuts and mm. how that journey started. So what was that for you? I know you mentioned Damien, the barber that yeah. inspired you. Damien, he, he, yeah. he hates when we call him Damien. Oh, sorry. Damien. Sorry, Damien. <laughs> um, yeah. When did that part of your career start for you? Well, that started when I was 14. That's the first time I picked up the Clippers because mm. I was kind of like 13, 14. I was tired of like, the home haircuts because at this point now the home shaving yeah well this, at this point my mum wasn't cutting my hair anymore okay my brothers were now cutting my hair but they just giving me like a kind of like a one level all around no shape up it wasn't low just looked like I never had a haircut because obviously in the school I went to you couldn't have a bald head and that's all my mum could give me so now my brothers are kind of like just bringing it down to one level but then everyone in school had haircuts they had fades they had shape ups they had lines and I'm mm. like I want that one of those styles yeah and I said you can't afford it because you know we're still you know poor you know um so I said you know I'm gonna try it myself so I just picked up the clippers and I was just like okay let me try something and I don't know what I was trying I don't know what I was doing but I was just kind of like and then and these times you couldn't even watch videos on YouTube or anything yeah, you yeah. just had to guess yeah. there was the only video there was out there and I'm, uh, I'm gonna try to find it on YouTube is there used to be this all this old wall video that had when you used to buy the wall clippers back in the days in the 90s yeah they used to come with a video which would be like a basic oh. tutorial of how to cut hair well like a vcr that, VCR, you, put, like, yeah. that you put into the tv yeah, yeah. no way yeah. hopefully all the old school barbers <laughs> do you remember the video that used to come with the wall clippers and you just put it in and used to watch it and used to show you how to do basic haircuts you know so that's so old school yeah old school old school old school so yes i didn't know what i was doing so i ended up messing up and i ended up having to cut my hair all off and having a bald head Okay. And I went to school and I got suspended from classes because I wasn't allowed to have my hair that low. So then I had to wait a few days till my hair grew, up, grew back to a suitable level and then I could go back to classes. That's, I'm not going to lie, that's, <laughs> that's really drastic. You're, you're, you're going to deprive someone of education because they've got a bold... bold well, they said, no, I could be educated. I just had to take the work and do it in the office away from everyone. That's ridiculous. You know, so... And it's like, anyway. I wasn't happy with that hairstyle. It wasn't like I wanted this. I was like, yeah. listen, it was a mistake. I've, been, I've been punished enough yeah. giving myself this haircut and now I'm getting an extra punishment. <laughs> you just want a little cut in your yeah. hair, you yeah. know? But anyway. So yeah, that I was constantly doing that. I messed myself up, but mm. still had no money to go to the barber shop. So mm. cut my hair again, messed it up, cut my hair again, mm. messed it up. But then progressively I started getting better. Then one day I went to the barber shop for the first time. Mm. There's a barber shop called Positive Move in Archway. I went with mm. my friend Jamal, mm. who was getting his haircut, mm. and I was watching him. And I saw them giving the haircut. I was like, "Oh, that's how you do it." They're putting a line in, and now they're fading it out. And I was like, "Oh, I see what they're doing." Okay, so I went home, 
put, took my clippers yeah. and my little cousin was living with me at the time. I said, yeah, come, come, I'm going to cut your hair. And I remember I put a line in his head and I started copying what they were doing and that was the best haircut at that time that I'd ever done. Because at the time I was cutting my own hair. Yeah. I started cutting my little cousin who was living with me. Mm. Um, every now and then I cut my younger brother. Mm, mm, mm. But I didn't know what I was doing and when I went to the shop that time, it kind of was like, oh mm. yes, so that's what you do. Mm. Then I just, I just really took an interest and I started cutting people in my area, mm. friends, friends of friends, people mm. just from the area just saying, hey, you know, they can't make it to the barber shop. can I get a shape up from you? And that's why I became kind of like this kind of like barber, the plan B in the area, you know, or if you didn't have any money, then I became plan A in the area. And then when I turned 18, I was in college and I'd been doing enough haircuts. I used to go to people's houses in my area and cut their mm -hmm. hair. I, I, I thought I was a good barber at that, at that, at that mm. time. And my brother said to me one time that, you know, I'm better than one of the barbers in, um, in the DNLs, the shop I used to work in, um, because he was going there to get his haircut. I was like, okay, cool. So for a joke, I saw Damon on the street one day and I said to him, you know what? I said, I'm better than one of your barbers. I was just joking though, because basically at this time, <laughs> I knew who Damon was because yeah, I'd yeah. been to that barbershop a few yeah. times and my friend's older brother used to work there as well. Okay. So we used to even chill there. So at this point, right. you know. Okay, so it was cool, it was banter. Yeah, yeah. We used okay. to chill there. Me and my friend used to chill there, just sit there in the barbershop. So I used to, and when we were just chilling there, just watching everybody, I used to watch them cutting hair and right. I was taking things from them. Right. I remember even asking one of the barbers, they say, okay, why are you holding the, the clipper like that? Why are you doing that? And he's like, oh, because this, because that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I go home. I'm like, okay, right, yeah, I need to copy that. Right. So while we were in there just chilling and my friend's older brother was there working, I'm watching them being like, I'm, like taking, I'm, taking, yeah. I'm taking stuff from them, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and just taking in the environment. Yeah. So when I saw Damon, I was like, yeah, I'm betting on one of your barbers in the shop. He's like, okay, cool. Come take his place then. I was like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that response because I was just joking. Then every time he saw me for like the next few months, he used to always say, okay, so when you come to work? So when you come in? When you coming? When you coming? And I was like, oh, right. He seems like he's being quite serious about this right now, isn't he? Yeah. And at this time, I was about to be working in this other barbershop in my area because my auntie knew someone in the area and they said mm. they're, they're trying to change their shop into a barbershop. Mm. So at this time, I was about to take that place and I'd have been working there by myself. So I was like, okay, cool. See, so all these people I cut in my area, mm. they could now come to this yeah, shop yeah. and I could work there. Then, you know, they just kept on like, you know, Every time seeing me, saying, you know, when you're coming, then one day, long and short of it, just cut the story short. Um, I was like, you know, okay, cool. I will come because I did want to go there, but I was scared that if I cut a quote unquote real client, I'm going to mess them up and this is going to be a problem. Because the way I saw it is I'm cutting friends and friends of friends. I'm not cutting real clients right now. And you're not really getting paid for it either. I'm not so getting, it, I'm so even, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's free. Yeah. You know, I'm not even getting paid. So at that time, when I was like, if I cut a real client, I mess them up what are they going to say? So I was scared. You know, so the more and more he asked me is the reason why I took it on because, okay, cool. I'm like, well, now they bothered me so much that if I mess someone up, they can't blame me. <laughs> they keep asking me to come. So you can't, yeah. that's what I was scared about. Yeah. You can't blame me. Then, you know, I went there. I was working on Sundays around college because I was still in college. Yeah. Then, you know, um, then I, a month later, six months later, however long it was, I added on another day, the day which I wasn't at college. And then I was just working all around college and I started working before college, after college. And then one question, random question. How did you get paid in a barbershop? Because I remember working in the hairdressers when I was around 15 or so. Okay. And going on one day, going on a yeah. Sunday. And I used to come home sometimes with 10 pounds. You were, you remember, my sister remember. My dad yeah. used to be like, is this all the money you made? I said, dad, I only done cane rows today. Yeah. So did they pay you for the day or did it just pay you per cut? How, like, how did it work? I got paid if I cut hair. <laughs> Okay, so if you yeah. didn't cut hair, you didn't get paid? Yes, yeah, so I didn't get paid for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
Okay, so you went through that too. Okay, at least, at least I'm thinking, okay, so you went to work. Yeah. So I was thinking, is this the hairdressing industry or am I being bumped here? No, no, it's the but- industry. Yeah, I didn't get paid. Like, okay, okay. And even when I first came, the haircuts I was doing were free anyway. Okay. So I wasn't getting paid at all. Wait, were the customers paying anyone? No, because no, because basically what happened was when I first got there, I remember the first day I went there, I came in and it was a Sunday and I was like, okay, you know, because they told me to come. I'm like, okay, I'm ready, you know, let's go. And Damon said to me, so, so where's your clients? And oh. I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, what clients? You asked me to come here. He goes, what? Oh, he's like, what? Yeah. He's like, and I said to him, oh, was I, was I supposed to bring clients? He's like, what, you think we're going to let you cut the clients from the shop? And, I, and in my head, in my David head, is hilarious. And in my in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. Scammed you. He's like, and I remember, I remember, he was, he was, I remember, he was like, no, 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 no. Go get one of your little friends to come in and cut their hair. And he, he mentioned one of the guys that lived so on the road. So you were scared to cut their his clients, and then he said, he was like, you're never gonna cut my clients. Yeah, or clients from the shop. He's like, yeah, go go get one of your little friends, and you know, cut their hair. And there's one guy who used to live on this road who we mentioned is like, yeah, go get one of him and get one of them guys and, you know, you cut your hair. He's like, I said, oh, okay. So that Sunday I did nothing. I just sat there, you know. The next Sunday is kind of like, okay, I need to bring someone in. And then that's how it was for a while. And then as I got better, then it was kind of like, okay, cool, you know, come in, you know, you cut a couple of the kids, you know, cut this kid's haircut, you know. And then, you know, how they was working was as a percentage split. So it was like, okay, cool, you know, you, we will take 30% of what you make. So, you know, I cut this kid, you know, five pounds and give him their, whatever it's two pounds, whatever it is. <laughs> and, you know, you take your three pounds or whatever it is, you yeah. know, three pounds something, whatever it is. And um, then it was just like that. So it's like, okay, yeah, what did you make today? Well, I made five pounds, you know, yeah. made today. I made two pounds. You know, then it's progressive. Like, oh, I made 10 pounds today. You know, what the whole day, what did you make? Zero, you know. And there was a time even like, yeah. and that's when I started actually cutting the regular customers in the shop. And it's like, okay, cool, you're at a stage now. You can cut customers in the shop. And it's like, you know, so what did you make today? Nothing. Why? I didn't cut anyone. But, you know, because it's, it's just that it was that day, you know, there the whole Saturday from 8.30 till really? 7 p.m. But were other barbers cutting people? Yeah, they were all cutting, yeah. They just didn't come to you? Yeah, because I was a rookie barber. So Do you know what? I've been in those situations before. <laughs> like, I remember when I met my hair was shorter and I used to go barbers to get a shape up. And I never used to go to the available barber. I said, why are you available? And, yeah. and there's a whole line here. Yeah. Like, there's like th- that was a rule a guy told me. guy was like, don't go to the available yeah. one. It means that he's not great. And I did it one time and I was fuming. I was fuming. <laughs> I was like, this is why. Because you completely made me look like a man from this side. Like, it was mm. just wrong. So, yeah, that's why people didn't go to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and it made sense. I wasn't a good barber. But I was yeah. learning, so you know that was my journey. I was in yeah. there, you know. I yeah. finished college, and then I started working there full time because I said I didn't want to perf- um, pursue doing um, drama or acting in university. But I made a promise to myself at that time, saying, "Okay, look, I'm going to go work full time barbering. Mm. But when I figure out the thing I want to do in life, yeah, I, w- I made a promise that I'll go back to yeah. education right. and study it. Okay. So you know, I said I don't do acting no more because I was doing performing arts in in college, mm. and I said, okay, and also I said to myself. All the stuff I'm doing in performing arts, mm-hmm. I can do outside of college anyway, mm-hmm. outside of school. So, you know, I was in dance classes mm. anyway in the evenings, like Monday and like Tuesday and Thursdays, something like that. Mm. Um, I went to vocal lessons on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Um, and then I was doing some theatre thing on a Saturday. Mm. And this was all around work. So I could work full time. Then from work, I go to my to my voice classes. Then, you know, go to dance classes and then go to, you know, the theatre school, whatever yeah, it was, yeah. right? And I was like, oh, so I can do all this stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, which I realise now is work ethic because I was working the whole day full time yeah. then going 
to do something yeah, else yeah. every day, Monday to Friday slash Saturday. Yeah. Every day, you know. Um, so I did that. I did it for a few years, but I was taking barbering seriously, even yeah. though I wasn't planning to be a barber as a career. But the way I was working, you would think that I was because I was working seven days a week. Right. I was there from the beginning to the end. I was studying it. I was grafting. You would think that, okay, this is what you want to do. But yeah. I was like, no, it wasn't. I just... How old was you at this point? 19. Okay. 19. Right. You know, I was just doing that because I was just doing stuff and I was doing yeah. other stuff, you know, outside of outside of that. Then when I turned 20, around 24, yeah. at that time there, I went back to... Before that, I think around 22, 23, I went back to college and I did um, a access to uni course to be a social worker. Because remember, I was always interested in helping like, yeah, people. Yeah, so this yeah. is where, you know, yeah, yeah. In, in helping people, I was like, you know, okay, that way I can help people. Because that was yeah. my whole drive and goal. Yeah. I want to do something that can really help people. So I was like, I did that. But then I did it, when I, I passed it, and so I got my access to uni, but then I was like, well, I don't want to be a social worker because this job is hard. As much as I want to help people, this job is hard. You know, it's draining and it's difficult. Mm. And I hate writing. And here's, here's a big thing, to be honest. I hate writing, even though I've written a book. But I hate yeah, writing. Yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking. <laughs> but okay. I, that's more creative writing. But I hate writing, right? And in social work, you have to write. There was so much writing. And this was just after the baby pee situation, which some people might not know about because yeah. it's so long ago. But there's a baby pee situation that happened with a child. And basically after this situation happened, it was kind of like now social workers have to account for everything everything yeah so everything and everything as well everything so everything yeah. is just writing around i remember being like i can't keep up with all that writing as well so it's just so yeah I, i'm i can't do that yeah. then i did um a personal training course because i was into um training at the time as well um i passed that you know but i didn't do anything with it and then i was going to go into doing a photography course potentially because wow you really went all out and yeah. dibbled and up. i love it though because yeah. i used to take pictures at people's parties for them just because i used okay. to do it so i used to be at, at you'd invite me to your birthday and I'd take loads of pictures and you'd be like, oh, can I get those pictures? And you're like, right, you took, you caught loads of moments. And I'm like, yeah, so I really got into photography, you know, and I became wow. an official kind of like photographer for people, right? Yeah. So I was like, let me try going to that. But then at this stage, I got to about 24 and I was like, do you know what? 23, 24. And I was like, do you know what? Yeah. I think actually barbering is the thing I actually want to do. Okay. Know? And that's how I was, you know, so I said, okay, I think I'm going to do barbering there. Barbering is what I'm going to do. Mm. But at that point there, I didn't have to switch up anything mm. because I had been taking barbering serious anyway. Mm. Like it wasn't kind of like, okay, now I'm going to start working properly. No, mm. I, just, I just continued as normal. The only thing that changed was that I said, okay, barbering thing I'm going to do now. And I said, all right, cool. I'm going to start a web, set up a website for myself. And when people are like, why are you setting up a website? I just think because I'm a business. That, that was it. There was no, I didn't have no foresight. So were you still working with Damon at this time? Yeah, I still at DNLs. So was he like, what are you doing setting up your own website or did you not really mind? You, you didn't no. say anything. No, no, no barbers had websites. No barbershops had websites. It wasn't. Yeah. It was, this was like fifteen years ago. You know, this was like this is like two thousand and eight, something like that. Two thousand nine, right. right. something like that, right? So I was just like, oh yeah, I was just like, I'm a business. I'm self-employed. You know, businesses have websites. That was just that, that was my thought process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I set up a web, website, and then I was like, at that time, this is where Slider Cuts came from, because my nickname was Slider from when I was fourteen years old. Anyway, that's okay. the name when I was MCing. That was oh, a, okay. That was my nickname. So everyone referred to me as that. Okay. So when I was setting up the website, and even before I'd done a website, mm. a few years before that, I'd done business cards that had Slider the Barber on them mm. anyway. Mm. I said, oh, what should the website be called? Mm. I was like, you know, SliderTheBarber.com. You know, sounds a bit this and that. Then my she wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. My, my wife, was my, who was my girlfriend at the time, mm. and my older brother were kind of like, mm, we don't like it. We don't like it. Um, mm. 
maybe something else. And simultaneously, at the same time, they're both like slider, maybe slider, and they're both like slider, cuts. cuts yeah. And they both said cuts at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, but I wasn't even in the room. Mm, they were mm. next door to me, next door. Mm. And they said, they came in and said, we got this better idea, mm. slider, cuts, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm, maybe I'm not sure, this and that. Then I just kind of like, let me run it by people. Went into the shop the next day. I started running all the names. And as I kept saying slider, cuts more and more, I was like, you know what? Slider cuts, I actually like the way Slider cuts sounds. Mm. So I went to the web developer and said, yep, can you get the hosting name for Slider cuts? He actually said, oh, he, he thinks Slider the Barber's better. I said, no, 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 Slider cuts. Slider cuts the one. Went with that, set up a website. It was just one page. It was basic. It wasn't anything. All it had was the address of where I worked, mm. my phone number, said Slider cuts. And that was it. That was, that was my website. No pictures? Had nothing on it. It was just a page, <laughs> basic information. <laughs> Obviously, it was a great move, but I thought that was going to have pictures and videos. Eventually, eventually we ended up, ended up having that. But when I started, it's a step, though. it was a step, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and that got me customers. Yeah, yeah. Because no barber had a website. Most barber shops, except for the really big barber shops, which would be like your Tony and Guys and stuff like that, you know, yeah, the real yeah, yeah. chain restaurants, had websites. So I'm I was one of the, so I was one of the first people with a website. Do you know what? I'm actually surprised that. Was it black guys that also reach out to you for cuts and stuff as well, I'm guessing? Yeah, because basically what's happening is people which were coming from... What I started getting customers from were people that were coming from outside of London. Got you. Because when they were going online yeah. and Googling, you know, black barbers, barbers. in London. And eventually, I said, the page, it started off with just one page, but then eventually it got built up to be pictures and more right. information. Right, got you, got you. And I was the only one with one. So whenever anybody would come from overseas or outside London and they're like, okay, black barber London. Yeah, Or yeah, whatever yeah. the search was. There was no competition because yeah. I'm the only person with Online. a website. Do you know what? That makes sense because initially I was thinking, I know black guys and they mm. do not move from their barbers at all. Yeah. However, there is a need for when you go abroad because I even remember yeah. when I lived in San Jose and I was searching wide. Every black person I saw in like a supermarket, I'm yeah. like, do you know a black hairdresser? Yeah, do you know yeah, this? Because yeah. it wasn't online. So yeah. that is actually a really good shout. I didn't think about that. Yes. Yeah, and that's how I just got loads yeah. of customers, you know, and that's how Slider Cut started building. And then so social media came out. Right. And everybody was on social media for personal reasons. Yeah. But I remember being like when Twitter came out and people were like, you know, everyone's on Twitter. And I was like, yeah, i got nothing to say. Mm. Why am I going on there? Mm. Then Instagram came out and I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Instagram sounds good for me because I can put pictures of my haircuts up. So I set up Slider Cuts, put pictures up. Everyone was putting up personal things, this and that. I put up haircut pictures yeah so my business was growing growing and as yeah. instagram was developing you know facebook was developing i was going with them and mm. i was putting up pictures i was putting up videos i was putting up barber content i was just pushing um what i was what i was doing yeah you know so the names started growing the brand started growing mm. so it wasn't even like i didn't have this foresight where it's like i'm going to build side of cuts it's going to be this you just kept on going basically. i just kept going and yeah. this is why this is something which is very important to always tell people because people always say to me you know always ask this question of how did you know? Mm. You know, and it's like I didn't know. <laughs> but what I did was, I walked to where my sight could see. So I always say that I was using an analogy. I've used this analogy for years. If you could see twenty feet in front of you, mm. you could see everything that is twenty feet in front of you. So mm. in the room we're in, you can see microphones, you can see mm. the door, you can see the lights. So when you're planning your journey, you're like, okay, cool. I can see up to where the door is. Yeah. But the world is bigger than your view. Yeah. So although you can only see to where the door is, yeah. every step you take forward, you can see another 20 feet forward. Yeah, so the world yeah, keeps yeah. opening up the more yeah. you push forward. Yeah, yeah, so I used yeah. to always say to people, when they're like, what are you doing this for? And what's the end goal? I said, I don't know what Have the end goal, end goal is, yeah. but I know where I'm going to right now. But what yeah. I do know is, the more I walk forward, yeah. the more things will open up and the more that I will see. I love <laughs> that. I love that theory because, do you know what's crazy? With you saying this, 
I feel that like yeah. in life in general yeah. there's a lot of things even doing this podcast as well yeah. I, f- I feel like from doing it I've got random speaking opportunities yeah. from back companies I'm like okay but I, w- I wouldn't have really predicted that yeah and they've probably done it off the back of this and yeah. I think that as you're completely correct and I kind of want to delve a bit deeper into actually your book okay because you wrote a book yeah. shaping up culture shaping up culture yeah um in 2018 or 19 2018 it released that you released okay yeah. What was, how long did you write the book for? What was the process behind writing that book? Why did you write it? It took me a few months to write the book. Okay. But it took oh, me... Oh, months? Yeah, it took me a few months to write the book, but okay. it took maybe you could say a year to a year and a half to develop the book. Okay. But when it came to actually writing the book, right. that was over a few months. But I already had the content before because basically the content of things I was talking about, I had already had content out there about it through right. the vlogs I was doing on YouTube. Right, right, So the right. subjects came from the vlogs I was doing anyway. That's why I meant right. that when people were like, oh, it took you a few months. Yeah, but it's, it's it bigger than that. It was a build up. It was yeah. a build up because I had been speaking on these yeah. subjects. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, and I had even had these vlogs transcribed right. for a vlog, a vlog I was doing. Yeah, so even when it came yeah. to writing a book, I was just taking these chapters and said, okay, cool. I'm in a different place now from you know 2000 or early 2017. Right or maybe 2016, 2017 when I'm doing the vlogs. Yeah. So now I'm taking these chapters and I'm like, I've got all these basics of it, but okay, I'm rewriting it now. Right. So I was rewriting stuff which I I'd already been speaking about. So that's why it only took me a few months, you could say maybe four months. And month. how did you get it published as well? Um, randomly, I was at a wedding. Okay. And there was a girl who I knew there, shout out Marseille. And um, I just came to her and I can't remember how I knew, but I, for some reason I knew she was in publishing or something along those lines. So I remember going up to her and saying, hey, you know what? I said, I've got this idea for this book, right? Mm-hmm. I've been doing this, these vlogs and stuff like that and I'm feeling like turning these into a, into a book, these vlogs. You know, um, what do you think of the idea? You know, and I wasn't asking her to go connect me with anyone. I was just saying, genuinely, what do yeah, you think yeah. of the idea? And she's like, oh yeah, it sounds, it sounds quite good. And I was like, okay, great, 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 great. Okay, okay, great. And the next day she called me and she goes, oh, I told them the company I work for, which is a publishing company, about your idea. And they looked at all your vlogs and they looked at the blogs. They looked at it, all this wow. stuff there and they said they love it. Like Look they want, about speaking things into the universe. <laughs> she's, like, she's, she's like, oh, I, I, they want to meet up with you. They want to speak amazing. to you. And I was like, oh. And I thought, so we, I haven't even approached any companies yet. We were thinking about going to different companies. I was like, wait. How are we look here? At, look at this is Yeah, I was like, look, how, yeah, how are we here? So then they spoke yeah. to me, they came to me, the ideas, this and that. And then from that point, they gave me structures, all that stuff. Then I said, okay, yeah. cool. Now I'm going to start writing now it, as a book because it's, writing a book is different from writing vlogs and blogs, mm. vlogs, writing blogs. And then I started writing the book. And the reason why this started, the whole mm. shaping up culture thing started mm. was because I was in a place 2017 where... I was talking to loads of young people who came mm. to the shop. I was always giving people advice. Mm. Um, and there were two, you could say, pivotal moments in my life that brought up Shape Not Culture. Mm, mm, One mm. was I, the, church, the church I was going to, I was mm. doing some youth work. Mm. The, church, the church I was going to, I was doing some youth work. Mm. And the kids were saying that I was, I said things to them in a way that was relatable. Mm. Because I wasn't really preachy, but I used to kind of talk to them in a way where I was like, look, I'm telling you this, mm. but ultimately you can do whatever you want to in life. Mm. My goal is just to prepare you and prep you and to give you the realness of what's out there. And then you make your decisions from that. Mm. It's not to force you to do anything. Mm. You know, so I'd be like, you know, I'd be like to, say to the young girls, I said, look, you're going to have pressures out there. Mm. Guys are going to come to you. Mm. I said, I cut young boys all the time. I am a man myself. Mm. Understand. They're going to put pressure on you to do certain things and this and that and blah, 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 blah. Mm. 
understand that these guys are gonna lie to you and get you up and say whatever they want to get whatever they mm. want. This is just what these young guys are in it for. Mm. So I'll be talking to them like that. Like, look, is it? I said, also, you're gonna go out there and do certain things. Understand these are the risks that come with it. Mm. Whether it's disease, whether mm. it's pregnancy, mm. whether all these kind of things there, whether it's your emotional attachment. I said, all these kind of things that come with it, right? And you know, it might be you're giving yourself to someone and they don't give themselves to you. Yeah. And because I talk to them like in this kind of way, where it's like, you know, so I'm saying that I think this is the way you should be doing things. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm just giving you things in place for you to make your own decisions. Yeah. And just to know that also, if you do certain things, don't be like, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know this could happen. Yeah. I didn't know I can get pregnant. What do you mean you didn't know but you could get pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and they used to be like, you put things in a way that's really kind of like, just really relatable yeah, and yeah. not kind of like, Telling just, off, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just and and they candid. say to me, they were like, I mean, they say you should do like um, you should do talks online. They so they say to me, you should do talks um online, right? So that was one, and then the other moment was I was in a barbershop one day, and we were talking about um black economy and all this kind of stuff there, yeah. right? And people just talking about loads of things, right? And I remember having this rant, you know, I can't remember how long it went on for. It might have been five minutes. I cut someone's hair. I started talking. I was just saying, the premise of what I was saying was. Everybody in here just talks, talks, talks. I said, this is all I ever hear people talk. You know, everyone talks about what that person should be doing. It's the MP that should be doing something. You, it's yeah. the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. What about the leaders? What about this? And everyone loves to point the finger at everybody else. Yeah. You know, the pastors ain't doing enough in the, in the streets. The blah, <laughs> yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just always points at everyone any, else. everybody yeah. else. And I said, well, what are you guys doing? And people are just yeah. kind of like, you know, but what it's could true. you do? And I said, I said, there were so much things you can do. And I said, you talk about building up your economy. I said, but you will see that lady, because there used to be a market near the DNLs, right? And this lady used to sell like products. I used to say, that lady, right? You refuse to go to that lady to buy products of her because she sells everything one pound more than the big stores. Yeah. But I said, but she can't sell it cheaper because she's only buying 20 at a time because yeah. it's a small store. Yeah. They can sell it for £3.50 because yeah. they buy tens of thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you really want to do something, you're pointing at that person. Why are you not buying it off her? Yeah, yeah. Go spend the £4 on it instead yeah. or the £4.50. Yeah. And I had this rant like I was really getting passionate about because I was like, everybody talks about what everyone else should be doing, but no one stops and says, what should I be doing? I be doing and yeah. none of you are willing to actually sacrifice, yeah. right, yeah. to actually build up your economy or to help your neighbour yeah. in any way. Yeah. You know, it's all about you, but someone else should be doing something. Yeah. And I was ranting about this kind of like, ranting, ranting. I got really passionate. I, got, I get passionate about these things, right? Yeah. And I stopped, right? And as I stopped, and this is the part which is blurry in my head because I can't remember if this was true or if it was just in my head that this happened or just in the memory. I stopped and I looked around and I didn't realise the whole shop was just listening. We're just listening and looking at me, right? And that part happened. I felt like they, they started clapping, but I don't know That's if that powerful, you but know. But I don't know if they actually started clapping if I remember that way. <laughs> <laughs> that part, that part might not be true. Yeah. But what was true happened was everyone was kind of afterwards start saying. <laughs> Slider for president or for prime minister. Yeah, you should be. They, start saying, they all start saying this thing about it. And I just remember being like, right, everybody is just listening to me in the yeah, shop. Yeah. You know, and I realized I have all these views and things to talk about. And I was like, you know what? I want to start a vlog on YouTube. Yeah. Just responding to current situations, talking about things which I want to talk about. Things just I think general these, things, just yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. And it came from, and that's where Shaping Up Culture came from. Because I said, right, I'm doing it from the chair. Right, right, You know, right. so how it was, originally it was Shaping Up Culture one hairline at a time. Yeah. You know, because the whole thing was, I'm Shaping Up Culture from the barber chair and I'm yeah. doing it one hairline at a time. Yeah. Even if it means that I'm just doing it on the one-on-one conversations yeah. that I'm having with people in the chair. Yeah. You know, and that name, you know, is me, my wife and... um my friend Shafra, we were just brainstorming, yeah. you know, just about stuff. And that's how the name came up. I like know. the name. You know, so it's yeah, just shaping up culture. Yeah. You know, we thought about shaping up the culture. And I remember saying, I can't do shaping up the culture because um, 
shaping up the culture or shape up culture was another one. They're like, maybe you should do shape up culture. And I said, I don't want to do shape up culture because it sounds like I'm shining at the culture. Yeah. Which I said, I want it to be a name which is kind of like I'm involved in it and, yeah, and it's yeah, a yeah. doing You're thing. Part of it, and yeah. I'm part of it. I'm not an outside thing. Shape up culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. With so with the book, just for those that who haven't who haven't got it, yeah. um, what does it generally cover? Is it general topics or because I, I read online that it was more so about business advice and how yeah. to kind of build a business. So basically it's a business slash self-help book now when i say self-help not self-help in a way of like um you can be better you just keep trying i'm not this and that i'm just saying it's not that type of self-help it's self-help help not self-help self-development is what it is it's a business slash self-development book more so you could say 70 percent business 30 percent um self-development and what it's teaching people is there are so much things especially from a young age that we don't put into place that actually can develop us in any road that we go into, mm. you know? And also when I say even business, I say everything's a business, mm. you know, a relationship's a business, mm. you know, your friendships are businesses, mm. you know, your projects, everything you do is a form of a business because mm. you're putting something in and you want something out oh, yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah. So even when I say it's a business book, it's kind of like, yeah, but the things which I'm talking about can be relayed into any area of your life, life. Yeah. you know there's a chapter when we're talking about um, making yourself valuable and one of the analogies you're making it is in every situation make yourself valuable I said you know if you make yourself Agreed. valuable it's hard for someone to leave you in a relationship yeah. why because you're of value yeah. even if you it doesn't mean that you should manipulate someone and do something wrong but even if you do something wrong to someone if you bring a lot of value to them it's harder for that person to leave break you. up and yeah. leave you yeah. because you bring so much value and this yeah. is what it, it's just like business everyone starts weighing up yeah. oh you've wronged me but you're valuable and that could be because your emotional support. Yeah. That could be because so in some cases your finances. Yeah. That could be because you're always there, you're reliable mm. and so on, you know, but you're bringing value to that person's life. So yeah. even though you've wronged them, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, can I leave this person? You're so valuable. Do you know what's crazy that, that, that you say that? I remember there was a time in my life where I um, look at you getting the counselling session going on <laughs> where I remember I was, I was crying about bad relationships in my life yeah. because I felt like my friends and my family and no one really valued me yeah. and it took a lot of deep self-reflection yeah. prayers and you know for me to really understand what am I doing wrong for these relationships to keep failing yeah. as well and you're right because I've seen a massive difference in just being more attentive just paying mm. attention yeah. and trying to be more present yeah. in everyone's life and there's a, a huge change around yeah. so what you're saying really really resonates with me like that's nice. like a massive thing sorry anyway counselling no, nice. session <laughs> done continue no, continue yeah. well, that's what the book kind of touches <laughs> on you know yeah. so it's kind of like you know but make yourself valuable in business. Yeah. I said, if you make yourself valuable in business, I said, you know, I use this analogy where I said there's three different types of people that approach business. There's the person that comes to business and they work for a job as example. And when they work for someone, they just kind of like, I'm going to try get paid my full wage, but do as little as possible. Mm. And we all know those people where it's kind of like, you know. Bare minimum. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even trying to yeah. do what I'm supposed to do. If yeah. I can get away, if I have to do 10 things, if I can get away with doing three things and still get paid for my 10 hours, <laughs> And the 10 things I'm supposed to do, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, then you get the second person, which is kind of like, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. Nothing more, nothing less. So don't tell me nothing. I've done my 10 things. Yeah. You told me to do 10 things. I've done 10 things. Yeah. What do you mean 11? No, 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 no. At the beginning of the day, you said I've got 10 things to do. So that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm not, not doing I, anymore. I'm not, I'm not doing anymore. I'm not doing any less. And, yeah, I've, and I speak to people all the time about that, where it's kind of like, they're right. It's kind of like, nah, they're trying it. They try to add things onto me. And it's like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the other person, which has been me in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who goes above and beyond. Yeah. I do the 10 plus five. Yeah. You know, yeah. but then people look at that person and say, 
they take and taking advantage yeah. of. Yeah. And all, and all this kind of stuff there. But what I do say is, if that business goes into problems and they have to make cuts, who are they cutting? Exactly. First of all, it's the person that does the bare minimum, yeah. right? You're gone without even thinking yeah, about it, yeah, right? No. Yeah. Then the person that does what they're supposed to do, and I know some people have called me toxic online about this, right? But I'm what I'm in my book, what I'm trying to explain is I'm not trying to tell you the way life should be. Yeah. I'm telling you the way life is. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what? If, even in saying that, in my profession, in um as like working in recruitment and stuff. And, you know, helping people get promotions and yeah. growing their careers. One key thing that I say to people is that if you want to progress to the next stage, you need to be doing those things that people can see, oh, they're ready for the next stage. Like yes. you just saying to someone, yeah, I can do this, 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 but you haven't done it or demonstrated any interest in it. They're not going to trust you. And I'm like that as well with people yeah. that I yeah. work with. And that's what, it's similar to dating. Yeah. When, I, when I'm dating a guy, it's like, before you become my mans, yeah. I'm going to need to see you do something. I can't just trust that you're going to just change yeah. And, yeah. Be, and be the man I need to, you to yeah. be. No, you know? So yeah, but continue. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm yeah. Feeling- so it's, it talks about things like that where it's like, you know, well, you know, yeah, the person's doing what they're supposed to do yeah. is going to get cut as well. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. they're going to look at the person who's most valuable. So if yeah. this person is giving me 15 things, I'm yeah. going to take the person with 15 things. Yeah. Now, yeah. you might see it as wrong or right or whatever it is, yeah. but this is just the way life works. And the yeah. funny thing is, people will say that's wrong, but have you ever been in a position of leadership, ownership, management, right? Yeah. And ask yourself, if you have to make cuts, are you going to cut the person that's doing everything they're supposed to do and, and more? Beyond, yeah. Or you're going to cut the person that's doing everything they're just supposed to do. Like, of course you're going to, that person brings more value to the business. Yeah. You know, that person brings more value to your life. Yeah. You know, yeah, in whatever yeah. setting it is, yeah. right? So when I, with Shaping Up Culture, the book is really, you could say, it's kind of like a, a business book, but it's a self-development book of understanding mm-hmm. how to go into things, how to go into situations, talking about your personal, I call this thing social credit, you know, what's your social credit? I say to people, you know, and I mean, when I'm in mm. social credit, I'm talking about, you got your official credit, because this is in the book, you got your official credit, you know, your official credit score, right? Mm. But there's also another credit score, which is among your peers. Which what's, is important. So what's your, what's your credit score there? Yeah. Because so much people have been unreliable. Yeah. People come to me and they're like, oh yeah, oh, you know, um, X, Y, and Z. What do you think of that person? And I'll be like, I'm not trying to speak bad on them, but you know what? I know they, they, they haven't paid me the money they owe me. And, and, and that, that's, that's their credit yeah, score. Yeah. So right now you're like, oh, I'm not borrowing money to that person then. Yeah. And, and you know what? Even it's funny because when I was in this car, my sister driving, literally as I turned around, I was like, I was like, I really hope this pet, he, he's reliable when he turns up on time. And then you called me, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's there before me. And I was just like, this is, I love people like this. Like yeah, I just, I was there like ten minutes before that. As yeah, well. I was like, I love people that just do what they say they're gonna do because I've experienced. It's not a bad thing, I guess. Yeah. I've experienced people that do last minute cancellations yeah, like an yeah. hour before with this, and they don't understand the inconvenience that it could be. Yeah. And it shows your character how considerate you are, and that you can be reliable. Upon and our people will probably go out of the way for you as well in the same in the same way. Well, yeah. So build, build up credit, so at least you yeah. know you can be trustworthy. And, exactly. Know, the credit's not only to do with money, your yeah. social credit. Yeah. It's to do with that. Can, can you trust the person? Exactly. Will you trust the person to turn up on time? And this yeah. is that's actually in the book. Where it's like you know, do you trust that person to turn up on time? Yeah. Do you trust that person to turn up full stop? Yeah. You know, when yeah, they say yeah. they're gonna come back and give you this thing tomorrow, do you do trust they that do they that? will? Yeah. You know, and it just explains to people that you know, even in life, and I use this in the book as well in the yeah. chapter of social credit. I said, unfortunately, what you got to understand is you can do 10 great things no. and one bad thing can wipe all of that away. Yeah. And it takes so much things to cover that one bad thing yeah. and everyone forgets. And this is just life, you know? Yeah. So when I'm talking in a book, it's not to be like me talking from a perspective of how should life be? I'm talking about how 
life is. Yeah. You know, you see it all the time. Celebrities on TV all the time. Someone's getting cancelled. But this person has done humanitarian work and done this and done that. And done all this kind of stuff there. They've done one bad thing. Yeah. And now they're cancelled. Yeah. And that just shows you the way life is. And to get back, the amount of what they have to do to get back and for everyone to forget and everyone to care again is so much. So it's just showing you that. And... I'm, and I'm of the mindset as well. I don't agree with the whole thing of like, you know, you do one bad cancel thing culture, and you yeah, cancel absolutely. culture just to make it. I'm, I'm actually yeah. not in agreement with it because we're all humans and we yeah. all do bad yeah. things. The issue is that most of the people which are cancelling people are behind the keyboard so we can't see exactly. their wrongs. Exactly. You know? exactly. <laughs> so, but, but the reality is we've got to understand if you're going to go into a world like that and you want to be an influencer, you want to be this, you want to be yeah. that, you know, it's not nice but at the end of the day, know the world you're going into. Yeah, this is exactly. life. Can, S- sorry, on that point, because I know that um, time's going and everything, and yeah. I, w- I really want to get so much from from this conversation as well. And you've been so valuable. <laughs> How have you? You've cut some incredible celebrities here, like you know LeBron James, mm. Anthony Joshua. Um, mm. I think Reggie was Reggie. on the Reggie. I've, X, I've cut him this morning. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have. So you've built up loyalty from these, you know, incredible individuals. How? Did you do that? Because I think a lot of people would want to understand. It's one thing interviewing someone or seeing someone at an event, yeah. but to have loyalty where they come back to you as a returning customer, that shows, that's incredible. So how did you get to that point with these different type of um, customers to be in this position? Um, that came from just like a bunch of different things, but ultimately was a dedication to my craft and just wanting to be good at what I do mm. um, all over. So that is the product that I produce, which is the haircuts one, making sure that I'm a good barber and mm. I'm progressing and I'm getting better and I'm studying it. So, you know, mm. and putting my work out there as well, mm. you know, and putting good, as I always say, throwing good seeds out there, you know, mm. every interaction that you have with someone is a seed that you've thrown out there. Yeah. Anytime someone sees you, yeah. whether you know or not, you've thrown a seed out there. So yeah. online, in real life, when I if I cut your hair right now, I'm throwing seeds out there. They might yeah. be good ones, they might be bad ones, yeah. you know. And as life goes, they get watered, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, you know, and they grow. So whatever seeds you put out there, if it's a bad seed, that's gonna grow. So meaning that if I cut your hair and you don't like it, you don't like my service, you're gonna go out there and, and talk about and it. Say it. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. what that's that seeds growing yeah. into. Kind of like now, another person says, "Oh, that Mark guy, yeah, I heard that he's rubbish or he's this or he's yeah, horrible, yeah. you know." And if it's good seeds. And people need to understand as well, good seeds grow slower than bad seeds. <laughs> you know, they grow slow, you know, so you might go out there and you might not go there and spread the word that I cut your hair well. But when someone says to you, oh, who cut your hair? Or can you recommend me someone? Then you'll bring me exactly, up. Exactly, yeah. So it's a slower process yeah. than bad seeds because you, yeah. you will go out there and leave bad reviews and tell yeah. everyone that person's this and that person's yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You know? So with me, it came from the era even before social media where I had a good... Um, you could say good social credit in a sense of like people used to say, you know, they knew I was hardworking, they knew yeah. that I was reliable, you know, and I was an okay barber, you know, so those things there spread. So example, I'll just give you an example, like LeBron James. The way I got to cut LeBron James was randomly 15, 16, 17 years ago, something like that, some guy walked into the barbershop, tall, dark-skinned black guy, walked into the barbershop and at that time, it was a Wednesday, I remember, and there was a few barbers working and I had the longest queue. I had about seven, eight people waiting. There's another barber who's next to me who had like two, three people, right? But he just used to always stop in between haircuts, go have a cigarette break, stop in between haircuts, take a break. And I remember being like, I'm trying to get through all the customers. This guy has walked in and I'm looking at him and thinking, I remember thinking, so how is no one else going to get to this guy? Like, these guys are just not being serious. This is how I was feeling. Like, yeah. like what's well, this going is your on? shop at the time, or still Damon's? This is, this, this, this is DNL's. Yes. Okay, DNL's. Yeah. This is DNL's. And, um, and 
I remember getting to him, right? He's like my seventh, eighth customer. And I remember getting to him, right? And I think to myself, how have I got to him? But this barber here had three people. How have I cut seven, eight people before you're three people? Every moment, cigarette break. Every moment, coffee break. Going outside, taking, I think so, focus. But I'm like, okay, cool. So I didn't actually want to cut this client's hair. Not because I had an issue with him, but it was just kind of like, I had such a busy day. It was just kind of like... An addition. And yeah, I'm just, yeah. you know, I was thinking, yeah, one of the other guys is going to cut. Because my focus has always been this, and this is where it comes from. My focus has always been client-based. Yeah. I've always been focused on making sure that the client was serviced correctly. Yeah. You know, so that's why it's kind of like, I'm, I'm not against this client. I just want him to get his hair cut yeah, yeah. and leave. So I get to him and I cut his hair and we don't really talk, just kind of like, what are you getting done? Uh, can I get a one level? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, that's what he said he wanted. Mm. Cool, no problem. That was it. Okay. A year later, he comes back to the barbershop and now he asks, his, he wants me to cut his hair because last time he was here, you cut his hair. I cut his hair yeah. and he liked the haircut. So then I'm like, okay, cool. He's super tall, dark skinned, tall, has an American accent. Mm. So I'm, now I'm in the chair, just talk to him a little bit like, you know, oh, you know, um, what are you doing in the country? Mm. He's like, oh, um, I'm here to see my family because I'm originally from London. He's originally from Tottenham, ah. you know, but he moved to America. So like, why did you move to America? He goes, oh, when I was younger, 15, he was like 25, 26 at this time. When he's 15, 16, he got a scholarship in America to play basketball. Okay. I said, oh, okay, you know, so when you play, because I play in the NBA, because I play for the Houston Rockets. Okay. I said, oh, okay, he's a professional basketball player, but he comes back to see his family every summer on the break. Okay. You know, so now he's coming to see me every year that he comes back because he liked the haircut, appreciate the service, and everything like that. A few years later, the NBA, 2012, the, um, the Olympics was happening in the UK. Mm. So he plays in the NBA. He knows the NBA players. He mm. said to me, he called me, he said, yeah. Uh, they, they're all asking me that they want haircuts because they're going to be here for like four or five weeks. Ooh. Yeah, I told them to come see my barber because they also expect a call. I'm like, cool. So the lady called me and said, yeah, can you come to the hotel to cut How one? did you feel, by the way? Because I feel like I'd have been like, oh my gosh, mom, this is so exciting. <laughs> like, uh, how did you feel? That's amazing. I didn't feel anything, to be honest, because okay. um, especially at the time, I haven't, I, I'm quite disconnected from celebrity culture. Right, okay. So some of these people, I didn't even know who they were, even though I'd heard their names before. Right. You know, so just kind of like... But not even the celebrity culture. I'm thinking about the business side of things. I'm like, I'm going to cut all these, these, these hairs, the business side of things, make some money. Um, you not think that, though? I, I don't know. I was just kind of like... All right, cool. I can't, I can't remember. I just, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go there, do my job, okay. cut hair. Yeah. So, you know, um, they, they called me, I went to cut the hair. And then what happened was, before I went to cut the hair, America had a exhibition game with um, GB, Great mm, Britain, mm. and he was playing it, and I'd cut his, Pops Mensa, his name is Pops Mensa, I'd cut his hair for that game. Mm. So at the game, they were all looking at his haircut, saying, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, your boy, use your barber. So I remember even when I went up there to the hotel to cut their hair, I remember LeBron James walking into the room, right? And he was like, which one of y'all is Pops' barber? Because basically, there's about 30 people, 30 something people right. getting haircuts. So they also got another barber there right, to cut right, hair. So right. I'm cutting hair. This other barber who I don't know is cutting hair as well. Yeah. And there's another barber there as well who he bought his other barber as well with him as well. Right, right, right. So, like, which one of yours pops his barber? And I was like, me. Because like, cool, you're, you're my barber. Oh. Right. And, 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 and my point, that just came from me cutting yeah. Pops' hair, not yeah. knowing who he was, yeah, yeah, but just yeah. offering him a good service yeah. from the product I was given and to the service. You know, I always, yeah. I always, I always wrap it up like this that the product, which is the actual thing you're selling the direct yeah. thing which it, and then the packaging of what it comes in yeah. so right now when you buy a Hoover as example yeah. it comes in a box yeah. but ultimately the thing you want is the Hoover yeah, yeah, but yeah. If, it, if that packaging is damaged you don't want to you don't want the Hoover yeah. even though technically you could say how does that affect the product itself it doesn't affect it but yeah but it does 
you know and that's why I always tell people about your your product and your packaging yeah. the packaging matters the product is the haircut yeah. but the packaging in barbering as an example is the service yeah. that comes with it mm-hmm. it's kind of like how easy is it to get to where you are mm. how attainable are you all these kind of things is the packaging you know which people mm. have to go through to get to the actual product mm. you know so that's why for me it's always been like you're just putting out a good product and having a good packaging mm. uh, around it you know mm. your service that you give and then loads of things we're just coming from that, you know, mm. I cut LeBron James and the rest of the basketball team, even Dwayne Wade, I remember, I didn't, I didn't even know who Dwayne Wade was, to be honest. I remember asking him, I was like, what's your name, please? <laughs> but I'd heard his name before, though. But I didn't know who he was, but I'd heard his name. I didn't know who he was either, because I yeah. served him one time in the shop, and yeah. I, was, I was like, who's this man? Yeah, like, so, yeah but I'm, I'm into basketball, so I remember, I remember people saying to me, you, people were like, you ask Dwayne Wade, what's his name, please? <laughs> I didn't say who you are, I cut his hair. What's your name, please? I said, like, oh yeah, so what's your name? And he said, oh, um, he said, um, Dwayne. And I said, okay, you're right there, Dwayne, blah, 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 blah. But then I heard other people saying, yo, D-Wade, D-Wade. And I remember saying to myself, I wonder if it's that guy I've heard people say their name, that Dwayne yeah, Wade. Yeah. I wonder if it's him. I don't know. But, you know, but yeah, you do the things like that. Even like, as, you know, J. Cole, I remember cutting him, same thing, similar thing. You cut J. Cole? Yeah. Um, I think, I'm probably, I, think I'm, I might be the last person to cut Kate J. Cole before he's actually locked, you know that. Which might be a good or bad thing. Maybe he's, I'm the reason why he got locked. How was that? Because J. Cole's like my, he's like my favourite rapper without being funny, but yeah. How was how he? I've cut him a few times mm. and um, he's very, he's very focused. I don't know, if I'm being honest, right? I'll say he is probably, especially when it comes to Levy, the most intense person I've ever cut. J. Cole, I thought it would yeah. be cool. No, no, no. He was cool. Don't like, get twisted. Don't like. I don't want anyone to take sound, sound bites of it and be like. I said no. He is cool. Like, but what I mean intense. I mean he he gives off nothing. So the whole time, normally, so basically, barbers do this thing, right? When they're cutting someone's hair, especially when they get past a certain place, maybe they shaped up someone and they made them a bit of a fade. They kind of look at the customer. And they want Gage. they want some type of feedback, you know, whether it's kind of like the customer, customers look in the mirror, kind of just look, you know, or they smile, this and that. I got none of that from him. <laughs> so I was kind of saying the whole time, I think so, does he like it? Does he not? Does he like it? Does he not? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm nervous. Like, oh, does he like it? Oh, I'm not sure if he likes the haircut. And I remember he finished, the first time I cut him anyway, the first time he cut him, he finished the haircut and he stood up and he looked in the mirror and I'm just watching him and he's looking in the mirror, looking both ways and he's looking, he's touching his, his hair, he's touching, he's got a taper, touching the taper part and he's looking, he's looking and I'm just there like, does he like it? I'm like, my heart's beating, I'm like, oh jeez, I don't much if he likes this haircut. <laughs> I'm sure he like it. And he just turned to me and he's like, oh, it's good man, it's good man, okay. it's good man. And I'm, and I'm like, Ooh, release, I'm like, I'm like, Cool, like, like he gave off nothing to me, right? It was just kind of like focus. He's like the whole time I was cutting his haircut, he was focused. He was um, because one of the times I cut him, it was before he was going on stage. He was doing he had a concert in London, mm. so he he was listening to some music or some of his music mm. was doing some stuff. Other times I cut him, it was just kind of like it was just he just very focused, you know, you know. But every time at the end of it, it's kind of like cool, tip me everything like that as well. So it's kind of like you know, even though I remember so I cut him a couple times. I didn't remember the last time. It's kind of like he's like yeah, like I really appreciate the haircut. He's like. So he did like it, but I just remember he gave off nothing in the haircut, you know, to make me know Love that. It, yeah. So I was like, oh, wow. am I doing a good job? Well, have, have you ever cut, cut any celebrities' hair and they're like, I don't like it? Have I cut a celebrity's hair and they said they don't like it? Um, Not to me. Ah, okay, okay, okay. They could have said to other people. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in a place where I could believe that someone couldn't say that because they could have gone to someone else and said, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So on that, so I know obviously you've done, you've 
done the um the book you've you've yeah. kind of been credible amongst celebrities as mm. well in regards to you doing campaigns with like nike and facebook yeah. and being featured on gq and becoming a speaker mm. how did all of these opportunities just to kind of sum it up a little bit how did you um again grasp these opportunities and what did they do for you as well just to kind of get an overview um, I just put myself out there. So originally, yeah. it came from putting myself out there. Like all these campaigns, people, I think, used to think I had like a PR manager or a publicist that was getting me all of this stuff. And I was like, no, I was just putting myself out there on Instagram. I put myself out there on Facebook. I and they contacted my, you? Yeah. I put, my, I put out my character, basically. Mm. So ultimately, I was being more than just cutting a barber, just cutting hair. Mm. I was also expressing what I felt as a barber, what customers should do, you know, business acumen, all this kind of thing there online, right? Mm. I was doing days in my life, I was showing people around what I was doing and they picked up, Facebook contacted me. They just, they had a, P, a PR agency or something like that, go out there and look for certain people they're looking for on Facebook. Mm. And they contacted me and said, yeah, we want. We, we think you'd be good for this campaign. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, great, I'll do it. You know, then Nike, same thing. The Nike, shoot, the Nike advert I done, um, campaign I done, I shot that like a week apart from the Facebook campaign. Literally, you know, I remember one of the guys from the night campaign was on the Facebook campaign. The, the, the Look vacuum, at live, you know? like just the full circle. And, and, they, and he didn't recommend me. It was nothing to do that. It was just separate. Life, yeah. yeah. And yeah, they contacted me. I remember when Nike agency, whatever, they called me and said they want me to do the thing. I remember exactly what I asked them. This is 2017. I said, oh, you want me to do be in this thing? And they said, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. And this is when I was still at DNLs before I had my own shop. Mm, mm. So I remember I talked to the lady and said, okay, um, because I said, because DNLs, DNLs, the old DNLs, because DNLs has got a new place now, which is oh. fresh. The old DNLs have said it's like a real traditional old school kind of looking barbershop. So I said, oh, I said to them, you know, the shop isn't like prestige like that in look, right? Because uh-huh. I, I, was, I was, you know, I was thinking, like, you, you want to come do an advert here? Just uh-huh. letting you know that. They said, yeah, we know that, we know that, we know that. And they're like, okay, cool. I was like, cool, you can come, you can come and do it. And I said, you know, um, also, why do you want me to do it for? <laughs> I remember after the lady said, why, why do you want me slider cuts? Why do you want slider cuts to do it? And she said to me, do you know what? We just feel like Slider Cuts has got a good occult following. That's what she said to me. I said, cool. I said, you also, you know that Slider Cuts is a person. It's not a shop. I work in, I work in DNLs. You know, it's, it's not a shop. And I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, whatever. Like, but they just wanted me to be part of it because of whatever That's they incredible. seen online. The and then like a month later, yeah. or even less than a month later, a month or less than a month later, Instagram contacted me. So I did a campaign with Instagram. And they contacted me and they That's followed amazing. me for like over a day or day and a half, right? Just filming my whole life and to do this 15 second clip, right? It's like you film me for like 13, 14 hours. No, to 15 second clip. Or 15 second clip, right? <laughs> but the same thing. And I went through all these interviews. The interview stage was so long. It's like business people, people around tables and online and, you know, but they just see me online. So I had no one doing anything. I was just putting myself out that. there. And that's Did how you edit everything thing. yourself as well? Because your content's quite good. It's well put together. Did you do, do it? Yeah, yeah, I edit my stuff as well. You know, so yeah, that's how, that's how some people really? would ask me and I just said, I just put myself out there. So in the normal realms of being like, you know, how I deal with people off camera. Yeah. And then even on camera, I put myself out of yeah. the true reflection of who I am and what yeah. I believe. And that kind of spreads, you know, in the virtual world yeah. as well. You know, yeah. and all these things have just come. Majority of campaigns that I've done. It's come to you. Yeah. And when I'm, I mean, majority, I'm talking about probably 90, high 90 have all just come to me and the awards as well the awards that you've got yeah yeah, they've they've, 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 I've been contacted you know know, to be part of these things Um, I think I could probably name the 
things I've been part of, which has been even me or following my team has reached out to someone to do something. I probably can name them. It's, it's like probably like five things. You know, either where, way, <laughs> you know, whether you've reached out to someone and they've still been, no, still but that's been what I do now. But now, and this is the important thing about business, people need to understand as well. Just because you quote unquote organically, I get all these things there. Yeah, that's not where it stops. I now have a PR out. manager who I pay on a retainer yeah. to now reach out to people because yeah. it's kind of like great. You can get ten things in mm. from people just coming to you. So how much would you get if, if someone you, was out there working yeah, trying to yeah, get yeah. you stuff now? Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, so yeah, now yeah, yeah. I'm in a place where it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Go out there, you know, yeah. and find and now find me stuff. It's the yeah. smart business thing to do, and not yeah. just sit there talking about things are always going to keep coming to yeah. me because no, 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 they're practice. not always going to keep coming. They yeah, might not yeah, always yeah. keep coming to you. Yeah. This, this can slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. now I'm in a position where you know I've got someone working on my behalf to do those type of things there. Right. Um, but yeah, majority of those things they just came from me just putting myself out there and building good relationships online and in person. Yeah. And yeah, these things just come your way. I feel like I feel really inspired from this conversation. <laughs> I'm just taking it all in. But that's incredible. Like, I feel like you have had an inspiring story from, like, young, your influences, you know, your learnings. I feel like yeah. you've picked things up really well and you've given such incredible insights as well today. And thank you for being so, like, open as well. And just, I don't feel like you held back at all. I feel like you was completely, like, just, like, candid. I'm just, And I think that's what makes life easier for me. I'm kind yeah. of, I'm an open book more so. And it's, it's a lot easier... Yeah. to keep up the act when you're not acting. Because yeah. people always feel like there's people people see online when they're like, oh, you know, he's going to fall one day. He's going to, or she's going to nah. stop with this and that. Because they feel like they're yeah. acting. I'm like, yeah, that's what makes my life easier. Because I'm not acting, it makes it's it a lot easier, easier to keep it up. Yeah, like being your true authentic self. I don't think people understand how freeing it is yeah. in every situation. And I'm so happy for you that you're able to do that. And also I'm happy that you're a man of God as well. Because, you know, when I, I think what drew me to you even more was Colossians 323. Yeah. Like, I was like, that is, because my dad used to say it to, to us all, all okay, the time. Okay, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, whatever you do, <laughs> if it, you know, do it from God and do it well. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, do you know what? That resonates with me. And I'm so happy that you've become so successful and you haven't um, kind of neglected God or religion or anything as well. No, so. that, that, my faith is the basis of what I do. Yeah, so my, I love it. My business acumen, yeah, my business yeah. acumen comes from that, you know. Yeah. You know, some people say, you know, don't get religious on us. I'm not getting religious. I'm just yeah. telling you. What, That's who a part of who you are, exactly. The reason why I, I yeah. deal with people the way I deal with them is because of my belief. The reason why one-on-one yeah. -on -one I've got such great relationships is because I believe that, what you call it, I'm serving a bigger power than this person. So when it's yeah. kind of like the Colossians verse where it's talking about, you know, everything you do, you know, don't do it unto man, you know, do it unto like you're doing it unto God. And yeah. I always say to people, if you were to act like God was your boss and God is always there, mm. the things you do day to day would change because mm. your boss will get the best out of you. If I'm, if your boss is in front of you, you, you work properly because yeah, yeah, you your boss is right there. Yeah. So imagine taking your boss out of that even when your boss is not there, but God is there. So now, time, you're, yeah. so now you're doing the best work. Now you're dealing with people correctly and my yeah. conscience hit me. I'll be like, okay, I cut someone's hair and I'm like... I could have dealt with him better. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, yeah, this and that, yeah. and my conscience is pricking me. So yeah, it means that yeah. even when people aren't watching, I'm having You're to still, I'm yeah. having to better myself and do better. And yeah. these are where all these things have been birthed from. Honestly, I've had the same situations when I've interviewed people for um, roles and stuff, and I've, I think straight away, oh my gosh, they're not they're so terrible. But then I think to myself, they're a human being. It's like yeah. like you know, they're human. They want a job. Yeah. They don't mean any harm. They're not yeah. trying to do anything wrong. So yeah. But anyway. I know um, we've had such a nice in-depth conversation yeah. and I just want to thank you so much for coming on today. And I, I want to leave one last thing as well. Okay. That I've also been nominated now Ooh. for the British Entrepreneur Awards. Ooh, by who? Wait. 
<laughs> Are you trying to remember now? I don't, I'm trying to remember what category which I'm actually... British it, Entrepreneur Awards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's checking his phone, guys, so he can, <laughs> so can double-check. But yeah. that's incredible. When did you get nominated? Um, I think in the last few weeks I got told this. Okay. It is the Great British Entrepreneur Awards. Okay. 2022. The Great British Entrepreneur Awards and the category which I am in... I've been shortlisted for, and I can't even find where. It Did is. a drum roll, please. Fading, waiting. Yeah, I cannot. Oh yeah, no, here it is. Service Industries Entrepreneur of the Year. Service Industries Entrepreneur of the Year. When do you find out if you win? Um, I guess whenever the show is, which I'm not sure exactly when the date is, but yeah. So that that was like from five over five thousand entries. I've been shortlisted for eight people from these eight people yeah you know so yeah can we um vote for you or no is it is it a panel that does all the voting and that's a that's a great question i'm not sure okay i'm not actually sure exactly how it actually even works like i've been nominated you know that's amazing that's Mm. incredible and i'm so i haven't i don't don't know you in in deep detail but i'm really proud of you and i'm really grateful for for you you know your presence and Mm. you just doing what you're doing and inspiring people and putting out information. Mm. Um, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks and um, where where can everyone find you, connect with you, listen to you? Um, just Slider Cuts, you know, everything. Slidercuts.com has all the information. My Instagrams, my Twitter, my Facebook, my TikTok, YouTube. my Snapchat, my YouTube, <laughs> my LinkedIn. Yes. All Slider Cuts. Well, actually, my LinkedIn is my real name, Mark McIver. But everything else is just Slider Cuts. If you go to Google and type Slider Cuts in, or Mark McIver, you'll see everything that I'm on. Talking of LinkedIn, could you accept me, please? I sent a request like a, a couple of months ago. A couple months ago? Yeah, and it's still pending. I went on yesterday and I was just like, why is it still pending, Mark? Oh, no, I, didn't, I, I need didn't to connect. <laughs> I, I didn't, no, I, I accept it. I accept it. I accept it. I'm, I need I'm, to see the content coming on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm, I'm now only getting used to LinkedIn, like literally, like it's a, there's so much so much platforms out there. I'm now just getting used to... I'm I'm a, joking, I thought you yeah, yeah, ain't seen it. No, I, I haven't yeah. seen it. I haven't <laughs> I seen it to be very honest. I haven't seen it, you know. I, I sometimes I don't know, am I supposed to is that accept people? What am I supposed to do? So I'm actually, I'm, I'm just, you know, putting out content on LinkedIn right now and I'm kind of gauge exactly what it is. So, yeah. so I, def- definitely, I'll definitely accept it. 100%. Oh, poke it again. Spice. I'm saying poke, that's how you know, I don't know. I was about to say poke again or... I, I don't know. I don't, I, that's how you know. I don't really understand it. Facebook, I don't, I don't. That's how you know. I don't understand it. <laughs> wow. Poke. Okay. All right then. Well. Um, anyway. Thank you so much, everyone, for kind of tuning in to this episode. I hope you've learned a lot. And um, remember to connect with Mark as well. And um, I'll see you on the next episode. Remember to share, like, subscribe, comment, all of it. Um, and thank you for listening. Take care.